Good morning. Welcome to our uh, twice-a-week Bible study here. We're uh, studying the book of Romans, and uh, it's live right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And if you happen to have missed it or missed some of the other uh, sessions, you can go to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And everything we do here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas is, is uploaded there. You can find it, the worship services, the Galatians teaching, the Ephesians teaching, the right now ongoing uh, Romans Bible study right here every Thursday morning, at Monday morning and Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time, we are studying in the studio next door uh, the righteousness of God. F- a fabulous, fabulous study on the righteousness of God. You need to tune in to that. You need to go listen to those. I think tomorrow will be part four in our, our new teaching on righteousness and God's really stirred my heart over the last three to four years concerning righteousness and I'm and he is showing us some some amazing wonderful things in his word and I'm excited about that teaching but for right now we're on part 14 of chapter 6 and I like to throw the date in today's April the 4th fourth, uh, 2019, just to let us know where we're at. So somewhere down the line, uh, you're trying to figure out where we were. Well, here we are, April the 4th, 2019, Romans chapter 6. And today we'll jump right in and, and start with verse 10. I know we were there uh, last Thursday, but we will start there and read to where we're going today. So grab your Bibles, your your pencil, your paper, uh, get ready to hear from the Lord As a matter of fact, why don't we ask the Lord to give us what we need today. He's the only one that can. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to study your word. Lord, to not just read it, but to study it. To look for the word of God. To to listen to what you're going to say to us today. That you might impart unto us that bread of life today. And I thank you for this opportunity to hear you, to to share your word with those who have ears to hear, God. And I pray that you would do a great thing today through this teaching. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's start in chapter 6 of Romans, verse 10. And the Bible says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once for all, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. And last week we covered how you have to have your faith in that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead to live unto God so that you can live unto God. Jesus Christ is the only avenue through which anybody can live, have life that's unto God. The life of God is the only avenue to live a life unto God. Hallelujah. That's eternal life. His name is Jesus Christ. And the only avenue through which we can have that life imparted to us is through the faith of the death of Jesus Christ. Not that he was a good man, a miracle worker, but that he died and paid the sin debt that I owed God and could not pay. So, verse verse 11, likewise means just like that. In the same manner, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Paul didn't say in Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. He said, I am crucified with Christ. We 
Listen to me, child of God. We live right now the crucified life. We carry our cross. We, we deny ourselves of what, not sugar in our tea and a pillow on our bed. We deny ourselves of whatever it would be that would hinder us believing that the only object of faith is the cross. Anybody, anything that pops up and says, yeah, the cross and that is what we must deny ourselves from latching a hold of. It is only through faith in the death of Jesus and that God raised him from the dead on the third day that you and I can be saved, have eternal life, live unto God. And, it's, and we experience it. Now we, listen, when you accept Christ from your heart, believing unto his righteous work which he did for you at Calvary, you're saved. But hear me now, the experience of living this life cannot take place unless we are, just as he died for us, reckoning ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, the sin nature, because he died unto the sin nature. Back up, look at verse 10. And before we read it, you've got to remember this. This has to stay in the forefront of your mind. This will even help you in other places in the New Testament where you've been confused and you, you couldn't put it together. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know this. The word sin is used 16 times in this 6th chapter of Romans. The word sin. 15 of the 16 times, it's, uh, the, the word sin is used as a noun. It's referring to the sin nature, that old man that you were born into this life as, dead in sin, separated from God, could not do a good work, could not go to heaven, could not get anything right, could not live unto God. He had to be put to death. I said he had to be put to death. That sin nature, that old man. So when you read chapter 6 of Romans, let's back up and start at verse 10 again. And it goes all the way back at the beginning of chapter 6. So remember to, to, to think that way and to say that, to write it down if you need to remember it. So watch this in verse 10 of chapter 6 in Romans. For in that he died, speaking of Christ, he died unto the sin nature. Once for us. He, he didn't have a sin nature. He wasn't born of a man. He was born of a virgin without man's intervention. There was no reproduction after our sinful selves. It was the Holy Ghost. God came upon Mary and she conceived of the Son of God. Hallelujah. That's good. He didn't have a sin nature. We did. So he died unto our sin nature to pay for us, to put us to death. I want you to know Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly, but to do that, he had to put who you have been to death so he could make you brand new. And he didn't bring anything in from the old to use. When he made you brand new, who you were completely died. He put you away, buried you with him so that when he came out of the grave, you could come out of the grave with him. Brand new creation in Christ. God does not use anything of the old to deal with the new. You need to remember that. So verse 11, watch. 
Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto the sin nature. You're not who you used to be. Chapter 6 in Romans is explaining that, helping us to understand, having more to say than I'm just not who I used to be. No, this is why I'm not who I used to be. Christ died in my place representing me to such a degree and in the eyes of God that he put me through my faith in what he there did. He put me to death and buried me Put me away, hallelujah. That's good news because we were all rotten scoundrels, no good for nothing. You need to hear that. God didn't see anything in you worth saving. He saw his will and love for you, and he wanted to save you because he loves you, but he didn't save you because you were something special in and of yourself or you had something worth saving. You didn't. All of who you were was put to death. Glory to God. He made a brand new creation out of you. That's why when we think about the born-again experience, it should be overwhelming us at what God did. We should be learning about that for the rest of our lives because the born-again experience is just that. It is an experience that you always will remember. You may not, everybody doesn't do outwardly the same thing, but you know where you were when you got saved. You know what happened when you got saved. You might not have been able to explain it theologically, but you know where you were when you realized you were a sinner and you believed the gospel. You know where you were. You know when that happened. If you don't, then my friends, you need to be born again because that is something you don't forget. Hallelujah. So watch this. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead. Indeed, unto the sin nature. He's been put away. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We as Christians are alive unto God. We now have life unto God. That's, that's why everything in our lives needs to be on the back burner outside of, outside of living in obedience to God. We don't need to decide we'll go to church if I don't have anything else going. We don't need to think that way. We don't need to think, well, I'll get in the Word if I have a chance. No, everything else I will do if I get to it. But I'll be in the Word. I'll be in the house of God. I'm amazed at the, at the Christians today who if they've got to mark, if they've got to eliminate something because of a busy week, it's going to be the church service. I'm amazed at that. I'm blown away at that. We've got to put other things behind the will of God. And, and our excuses are not legitimate. They're not legitimate to God. I'm not talking about missing church occasionally. I'm talking about these people who they're more out than they are in, but they've got a thousand excuses. They can go here, there, there, and there and do all of that. Do it in pain. Do it in sickness. But if comes church time, they're wore out. They got a headache. But they get up and go do everything else with a headache, with a sickness. Think about it. It's our priorities. And hear me, there's a problem with your heart if that's you between you and God. Your faith has an issue. And, and tears, tears to God won't change a thing. 
Esau cried with tears, sought repentance, couldn't find it. Repentance turns you around. Repentance says, I'm sorry, God, help me. And you turn around, you trust Christ, you turn back to Calvary where the Holy Spirit then can empower you to do what needs to be done. Hallelujah. We need to get our priorities in order. People on social media hammering political things, hammering out all these Arab things and Muslim, all this false stuff going on but they got God on the back burner. Listen, you're not representing God by doing all that. You only represent God by declaring the truth. Hallelujah. And mainly declaring it with your obedience unto the word of God. Now I need to throw that in today because somebody needed to hear that. And I know folks get mad in the time we live today, the church age, the grace age, like never before. Listen, people can just pack up and move away at the drop of a, I don't like him. I don't like that preacher. He told me that if I, if, that I could understand the Bible, and I just can't understand the Bible. So I, I'm not going to listen to him. And hey, I always harping about being in church, so I'll just go find me another church where they let me bring my sleeping bag and camp out when I want to go on the back row sleeping and, and I'll do what I want to do and because you know it's all about my desires and it's all about me, myself and I and I'll just say it's God's will the way I'm the way I am. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. Hey, come on now. We Listen. He's worthy of more than that. He's worthy of all our praise, all the glory that we can give him, we are to be living unto God. And only as we reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to sin, right now, today, dead indeed unto the sin nature and alive to God are we going to experience God in the way he wants to, us to experience him, not in the way we are determining we will experience him. See, that's good stuff right there. I know the ministers of that God uses today make a lot of people mad, but it's only for our good. When my dad used to discipline me, man, I was offended at him. Man, I disliked him greatly and might even thought I hated him at times. But I'm telling you, he did it because he loved me. And listen, I needed it. And so when the ministers of God come along and encourage you and, 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 and say things that you may be mad about, I'm sure Peter didn't jump with great joy when Jesus called him Satan and told him to get behind him. But you know what? He kept going anyway. He kept going anyway, so praise the God. So here the Bible says in verse 12, we're trying to get here today in verse 12, like, uh, let not the sin nature, do you see that? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Let not the sin nature therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Now let's talk about that. Don't obey the sin nature. You're, 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 you listen, cling to the cross. Keep your faith in the cross. And if your faith, not your saying your faith is in the cross, not thinking my faith is in the cross, but from the heart believing in the work of Christ at Calvary, that he died for me, I died with him, I've been unplugged from the sin nature, I'm no longer dominated by the sin nature, now I can live unto God. If my faith is in the cross of Christ, that 
then I can experience the will of God, the plan of God, the power of God, the provision of God, and the presence of God like never before. And somebody said, Hallelujah, Amen, Brother Curtis, glory to God. But if my faith is in anything other, even if I say it's in the cross and anything, the sin nature revives and, and, and begins to dominate my, le- my life again. Me committing a sin does not plug me back into the sin nature. Me trusting in anything other than the work of Christ at Calvary because of my sin, because of this bad situation, plugs me back into the sin nature. You need to understand that. And again, let me remind us, out of the 16 times the word sin is used in Romans chapter 6, only once is it used as the verb committing an act of sin. All other 15 times in this one chapter, it's referring to the sin nature used as the noun, that old man, that person you were born as that had to be put away. He cannot go to heaven. That's why preachers, rightly so, say you cannot do good to get to heaven because you are not good. We are evil. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were the darkness. What's that mean? Sin is what makes the world dark. And I don't mean nighttime. I mean dark without the knowledge of God. Ignorance, rebellious. Sin is what makes the world dark. We were sinners, therefore we were the darkness. Think about that. But Jesus came and saved us, delivered us. We have to believe in what he did at Calvary, the perfect life he lived But that wasn't enough to save us. He had to live a perfect life to be the spotless Lamb of God without spot or blemish to be our sinless, sin-bearing offering. He's the last Adam. There's only been two Adams. The first one formed of the dust of the ground. God breathed into his nostrils. He became a living soul that fell into sin and died. And he became a sin nature. His nature was sinful. He could not serve God. He went from being able to serve God completely to not being able to serve God at all. That's why when God rushed into the garden to rescue man, he gave him the promise of a redeemer and then showed him how it would work through a substitute, a sacrificial lamb, the substitute sacrifice. And that's always been the message. I I don't like it when I hear preachers say, this is is the message for the last days. No, this is the only message God has ever had for the church. And when preachers come along and say, well, no, that's not altogether right. There's other messages. That is a lie. And they are a part of the apostate growing apostate church. Listen, the message of the cross is not just for the last days. It's what God laid as the foundation from before the foundation of the world. And it's what he rushed into the garden to preach to Adam and Eve and present judgment on the devil also. And that's what he spoke to the prophets about all through the old covenant. Jesus showed up and said, The law, the Psalms, and the, and the, and the prophets, they're concerning me in Luke 24, 44 through 46. And, and, and then in John he said, as you search the scriptures in them, you, you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. The word of God is about our living word of God, Jesus our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. It's not 
not about everything else. It may be concerning this topic and that topic, but that is you have to go through Jesus to have any understanding of the Word. And not just through Him in the born-again experience, you have to have your faith in Him and what He did at Calvary now, every day. Hallelujah. That's exactly right. Every single day. That's the only object of faith God has ever given. So when we read this, verse 12, let not the sin nature therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it, the sin nature, in its lust thereof. Seems like to me from reading the Scriptures here, since we've been born again, we have a choice now. A choice we did not have as the old man, the sin nature. He could not choose to live for God. He had to die. He could not live for God. Nobody has ever gone to heaven and not been born again, not had their faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. They had Noah had his faith in the sacrifice. He got off the ark. He built an altar. First thing he did. Uh, G- Jesus said concerning Abraham, he saw my day and rejoiced. The, the Old Testament saints, they had their faith in a coming Redeemer. You and I have our faith in the Redeemer who's already come, paid the price for the sin penalty that we owed, and he's coming back for us very soon, hopefully today. Praise God. So now you and I as Christians have a choice. We didn't have it before. We were lost, dead in sin, couldn't do anything but accept the gospel. That's all we could do. And the Holy Spirit had to convict us of sin then, had to reveal the good news of Jesus then. And when we believed it in desperation, I'm dead, I need help, I'm dying, I I, I don't have an answer, I'm not the answer, I believe in Christ, he completely snuffed out that old man disconnected you from him. You are now dead to the sin nature. The sin nature still exists, but you're dead to it. The relationship you have with the sin nature now has changed. You're no longer in a relationship with the sin nature. You've been removed from it. But the moment you trust in the government of 12, the dream catcher, the shiny penny Uncle Luther gave you years ago, the purpose driven, the promise keepers, the accountability, the walk of Emmaus, all this stuff men has brought into the church, God does not use that stuff. You can't show me in the Word where He does. What you can see in the Word is that He sent His Word to heal them and to deliver them, and His name is Jesus. And He only delivers and saves and provides benefits of the new covenant in His blood. Jesus said the new covenant is in His blood. That means He only functions in in the lives of His people, that's called grace, through our faith, in the blood of Jesus. Not once and now we're in, now just whatever, no. Let me say this to you. I I said it last night in last night's message. The Lord's been impressing on my heart over the past few weeks this very thought that over oh so many, so many years the church has declared all the things that are in the house, in Christ, healing, joy, peace, strength, uh, deliverance, that are in Christ and we need to know what is in the house. But if all you ever hear is what is in the house and you don't know how to be 
in the house and how to uh, access all the things that are in the house. is in the house. You have to know how to be in the house, born again. You have to know that it's by that same faith, through that same grace that you experience, access all the benefits that are in the house. If all you do is sit and listen to preachers telling you there's this and that and all this is in Christ, all things you need are in Christ, they're in the house and you're in the house through faith in the cross alone and not these other programs we've brought into the church thinking that we could benefit more of God through them, that we could access the things that are in Christ through them instead of just that simple faith in that sacrificial work of Christ. When we do all that stuff, we remove ourselves from the grace of God in our attempt to make grace greater. And it just don't work that way, honey. It won't work that way. We fall from grace, Galatians 5, 1 through 4, Galatians 1, verse 6, when we don't trust in the sacrifice alone. God still loves you. He's reaching for you through ministries like this and many others on the earth today who He's been able to bring back literally to their first love, their first works, which is where He is at work and those works He's working are perfect work. His work is a perfect work. Think about that. Let not the sin nature therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. The sin nature operates through lusts. James writes that God don't tempt man that when we're carried off in sin, it's through the lust of our own flesh that carried us off. It's not their fault for showing me that. It's my heart is always the issue. Proverbs chapter 4 reveals to us uh, that it's our heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, not what they did, not what they said, out of our own heart come the issues of our life. Think about that. The blame game is over in the eyes of God. And that's what man first did. Oh, it's that woman you gave me. See, that's what we do when we're not walking with God. We blame others. The first thing the Lord showed me in 1994 when He showed up and shook me and got me back to faith in the gospel was that my biggest problem wasn't all the people and bosses and, and spouse and, and, and all this stuff I was naming. It was me, myself, and I and the lust of my flesh wanting to do all its sinful things, and when I didn't get my way or it didn't work out, everybody else and everything else was to blame. Let me tell you, the sin nature operates in everybody's life whose faith is not in the cross alone. The sin nature, that old man begins to dominate us. If he couldn't, we wouldn't be being told this by the Apostle Paul. Think about that. If, <clears throat> if the sin nature couldn't reign, we wouldn't be told these things. See, Romans chapter 6 is the only place in the Bible where it's revealed to the church actually what happened at Calvary, how the sin man, the sin nature was put to death and how, he has, and how he remains dormant, how we remain unconnected, unplugged from him. 
Think about that. The sin nature dominates our lives when our faith is not in the cross alone. So every time you hear a preacher or anybody saying, I don't need to hear the message of the cross, the sin nature is dominating their life. It's dominating their life. I don't care if it's been a preacher for 60 years and he's had an appearance all his life and he's seen many people saved. But I want you to hear this awful, 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 yet true thought. If a preacher, imagine this scenario, and it's by the millions, millions. If a preacher, and I used to be one of them, if a preacher tells people the truth about how to be saved through faith in the blood of Jesus, they're born again if they believe that. But if he doesn't understand Romans chapter 6, if he he doesn't understand sanctification is also exclusively by faith in the cross and and none of the programs, none of the works that we do after salvation, it's still not our works. It's still the righteous work of Christ. If that preacher, 60 years in ministry, has not known that, he never helped anybody after they were saved. He never helped anybody. Doesn't mean he didn't pay their light bill. Doesn't mean he didn't give them a sandwich when they were hungry. But it means spiritually to live for God, that preacher that said... I don't, you know, it doesn't matter whether he didn't know it or he rejected it. Either way, he never helped anybody live unto God because his answer was don't miss church, do all these things that are good things we should do. But it's us doing them. And without faith in the cross, and it's, it's just us doing them. That's why preachers get burnt out and quit. It's just them. Think about that. 60 years in ministry, you might have saw thousands, millions born again. But after the born again experience, not being able to help them, tell them what they need to know to live for God. Don't think for a second, my friends, that we hadn't stepped into another reformation starting 20-something years ago. We have stepped into a new reformation. Martin Luther, 500 years ago, God illuminated the scriptures to him and told him, you're not saved by anything you do. You're justified in my eyes through faith and grace alone. And now... Some 500 years later, we've stepped into a new reformation, God revealing that we are not just justified by faith alone, but that we are sanctified and He only works in that faith alone. Praise God. All God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Write it down. He doesn't work outside of truth. And truth, if truth, Jesus said, is what makes you free, and it's what He said He was, our truth. And when you know who He is, the truth, the truth will make you free. So what is it about Jesus as our truth that will make us free? What He did at Calvary. Without this part, He's nothing. And we remove ourselves from Him without this part. Take up your cross daily and follow Him. My friends, we're out of time. Oh, I love this teaching on Romans. It has changed our lives. It's changed our ministry. It is the power of God. God says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Let us come back to the power of God. The only truth God works in is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
Praise God. I hope you're doing good today. I hope you're gaining knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ through these teachings. Pray for us. Let us know you appreciate the teaching. You can send your love offerings to thecrosswaychurch.com. Donate buttons there. Uh, We love you. Stay with us weekly. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless.